Welcome to Clothed with the Sun, in which we'll have our daily reading of the gospel and a brief meditation. I am James Thomas. Today is Friday, March 17th, 2023. It is the Feast of St. Patrick. Top of the morning to all of you out there. And it is also Friday of the third week of Lent. Today's gospel is according is from the gospel according to Mark. One of the scribes came to Jesus and asked him, Which is the first of all the commandments? Jesus replied, The first is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The scribe said to him, Well said, teacher. You are right in saying he is one, and there is no other than he. And to love him with all your heart and with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is worth more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered with understanding, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of heaven. And no one dared to ask him any more questions. I tell you, one part of this reading that really sticks out to me is the scribe telling Jesus, well said, teacher, you are right. Jesus had to have a lot of patience and a lot of humility, even to be critiqued by his own disciples and by scribes and whoever else he encountered along the way. I mean, I'm only God, of course I'm going to say it well. Jesus might be thinking to himself. But then again, he is the ultimate example of humility. So, We can't even imagine sometimes what was going through Jesus' mind. I guess we'll know when we get to the other side. Our reading today is about the golden rule. We have this stated in a few different places in the gospel. Of course, there's a great deal of this that's taken from the Old Testament when the law was given through Moses. It has to do with first loving God above all things, and then we love our neighbor as ourselves. There is a structure to this. There is a hierarchy to the types of loves. And this is why we were made. We are told God is love. God made us for love. God made us to be loved, which is crucial. I'm going to get into that a little bit. We often forget that part. God made us as the most loving parent that we could ever imagine, wanting to have children so that he could just lavish his love upon them. This is what love does. This is why people get married and they want to have kids, because that love is so amazing, so good, so beautiful. It's something that's given. It's truly a gift. And then that love wants to be shared. It wants to be spread. So God made us for love. And so the only appropriate response to the way God made us, and all the commandments are summed up in this, is first to love God above all things. It's a good rule of thumb when we think about the liturgy. I mean, just there's a lot of things that we debate about in the church today. Liturgy, and of course, as these podcasts go on, we'll get deep in discussing the liturgy and how to truly pray the Mass. But very often I've been on liturgical planning committees where the people, whatever, good good intentioned people, but maybe with not lots of uh, formation, perhaps not with a degree, with not 
lots of knowledge and even people with degrees and people with lots of knowledge will plan the liturgy in such a way that it focuses most on the people. It focuses most on community and fellowship. And while these are certainly good things, the liturgy is primarily about God. It is about worship. In fact, the Mass is Jesus' prayer to his Father. It is the sacrifice of Jesus on Calvary presented for us, made present, so that we can take part in Jesus' prayer to the Father, so that as this sacrifice is being perpetually offered throughout the world until the end of time, Jesus offered it once on the cross, but the Mass renews the sacrifice, makes present the sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins, we are able then to take part in it. We are able to be present at it. We are able to place ourselves on that pattern with Jesus being offered to the Father. And so the liturgy is primarily about God and everything we do is supposed to be primarily about God. It all comes from God, and so we love God first. And to the degree, all the great saints would agree with this, to the degree that we love God, to the degree that we make him the center and focus of our lives, to that same degree we receive grace. We receive the gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit, love and joy and peace and so many others. To that same degree we grow in holiness. And we come to know who we are, which leads to the next point of the golden rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. In order to love your neighbor then properly, we have to understand what it means to love yourself. Well, as I was just saying, the most important thing that we can do to receive love is to be connected to God, to be worshiping God, to know who we are in God, to make God the center of everything. We are never more fully ourselves than when we are at prayer, because this is what heaven will be. This is what we were made for. This is our very essence. I feel so sorry for people that don't know this, and yet most of the world does not know it. We were made to worship. So to most fully fulfill our own purpose in this life and in general and in life eternal, it is life immortal, I should say, because we're not eternal, but anyway, we aim for eternal life. It's that knowledge that we were made to worship that the Creator made us to be his creatures, his children who cling to him. Imagine little newborn puppies or kittens that cling to their mother, that feed from the mother, that don't know anything yet until, until the mother, uh, you know, socializes them. Of course, we see this far better in human beings and how babies are so dependent. But yes, we grow in independence, and sometimes that's good, and sometimes that's not a good thing because we go away from our source and we think we can do it without them. In the case of puppies, yes, they'll get along just fine. In the case of human beings, yes, we outgrow our parents, but we will never outgrow Almighty God. Almighty God is the reason that our hearts beat and that our lungs have air, that our cells hold together. So many other things we could say. So loving ourselves. A lot of times this is an area where we need a lot of work. Very often, if we have grown up in a traditional Christian or Catholic home or traditional Catholic schools, etc., over the years, over the decades, sometimes we have gotten this wrong. We've, we've inverted the order. We've been taught somewhere along the way that we're supposed to be a doormat, that life is about taking care of everybody else, serving everybody else, and that we come last. 
Although it's true that we are supposed to be charitable, patient, kind, forgiving, etc., it doesn't mean that we forget ourselves. You can't give what you don't have. Uh, very often in 12-step work, there is a discussion of you know self-love being at the heart of recovery. Very often self-love needs to be recovered. And the image is used of a person on an airplane where when, they, when you get on the plane and they go through all the security measures with you and all the safety features, they talk about how the uh, oxygen mask might drop down. And when you see the oxygen mask, you should first put on your own. Because if you go to help another person first, you might not make it to be able to put on your own. And you might not be much help to that other person either. So you have to put on yours first so that then you're able to help the person next to you. And this is a great rule of thumb for life. We do need self-love before we can love our neighbor. But then, yes, very much we're supposed to love our neighbor. And loving the neighbor, well, that's a whole sermon in and of itself. It means so many different things. It means forgiveness. It means charity and kindness. Very often in counseling people, we Christian counseling, we make that distinction between forgiveness and being someone's friend. Or rather, in a discussion of the virtues, we could talk about the difference between love and friendship. Love and charity are something we owe to all people. Friendship is something we owe to certain people. And that friendship has to be tested first. Very great saints have written about this. Elred of Raveau, Francis de Sales, Thomas Aquinas, John Paul II have talked about friendship. And friendship is a virtue that's different from charity. So people think to forgive someone, and once again, this is a topic for a different sermon, but people think to forgive someone means, uh, once again, to be a doormat. It means then you have to be that person's best friend, even when maybe they're still abusing you, they're still hurting you. No, it means we owe them charity. Once again, there's a whole sermon we could give just about how to forgive and how difficult it is to forgive. We'll save that for a different day. But my point here is, you don't have to be everybody's best friend, but we are called to love others. St. Francis de Sales, and this is, I was in a, a situation earlier today where uh, I was in adoration, but there was a woman with dementia that was having some serious problems, and they asked me if I would come and help. St. Francis de Sales would say, even though prayer is very, very important and love of God comes first, still sometimes charity calls us out of our prayers. And I thought of St. Francis de Sales when the situation happened. Eventually, the woman was fine. We called her husband. He came and he picked her up and, and everything was fine. But she was having a problem. She was perhaps a little bit of a danger to herself. So some of us had to come out of our holy hour in order to help the woman. And so this is an example. We don't have to be that woman's best friend. I don't have to, you know, go see her every day the next week. Although it's not a bad thing to show a little charity to a neighbor, especially a neighbor in distress, a neighbor who's sick. But people do deserve our charity in the divine order, in the Christian life. So these are the three loves, love of God, love of self, love of neighbor. They flow together. There's lots of different ways we can love. That's, once again, a good topic for another day. Uh, the five love languages is a great thing, great book to read and great thing to get into when we learn how better to love the people around us. But I want to just focus a little bit here on St. Patrick. St. Patrick is our feast today. I'm half Irish myself, so it's very exciting 
to talk about St. Patrick. I love to pray to St. Patrick. St. Patrick is the patron saint of Ireland, yet he was not Irish himself. We believe he was a, I mean, it's not 100% certain, but generally it's believed that he was a citizen of the Roman Empire from England and that he was taken into slavery in Ireland when he was a child. And Ireland was completely pagan at the time. They believed in pagan gods. Lots of strange things happened in Ireland. And Patrick was taken into custody, and he was already a Christian. He already knew enough about the Christian God at this point. So when he was in custody, he would take time, and he would go outside in between his work. Sometimes he spent the whole night outside, sometimes even in the rain. Ireland can tend to be a cold, rainy place at times, but he spent a lot of time in prayer, and he asked the Lord to help him to forgive his enemies. And he eventually was able to escape. And eventually, back in England, he felt a calling to be a priest. He went through whatever form of seminary there was at the time. It was a very, very long time ago. They didn't have formal seminary training like we do now. But he did eventually get ordained. And then they asked for missionaries to go to Ireland And he asked if he himself could go to Ireland to minister to those very same people that had imprisoned him. Some of his superiors didn't think this would be a very good idea, and they thought, well, what is it you're trying to do? You're trying to get revenge or something? But he felt, no, you know, and he said it to the people. I've prayed for them. I've prayed for the people that imprisoned me. I prayed when I was there, and I've prayed ever since, and it would be a great honor to go back to Ireland to minister to these people and introduce them to Jesus Christ. And so they made him a bishop, and he was the first bishop of Ireland. He went back and he ministered to those people. And in his life, we see many miraculous stories. (coughs) We see stories of great charity, great healing. And, of course, there's all sorts of fantastic stories. I believe many of them to be true. Uh, But one really important point about St. Patrick... And it's the same point that we could make about St. Bernard later in France, St. Boniface in Germany. Many of those who went to foreign countries to evangelize was that they didn't set up parishes. They didn't set up, I mean, a parish the way we have now wasn't even thought of back then. They didn't set up diocesan structures with programs and uh, they didn't hire a whole bunch of people, you know, to work at the chancery. That wasn't the first thing they did. Rather, they founded monasteries. They founded communities and places of prayer, places where people could come together, pray together, focus on the Lord together, sing songs together, have mass together, have their confessions heard when there was a priest present. So Patrick went around Ireland and he founded these communities and these little community centers and he established monasticism all throughout Ireland. And this is a great lesson for all of us. Pope Leo XIII wrote a letter to the Americas about a hundred and some years ago saying, you know, America, the American Catholic Church has great works, but it was not founded upon a monastic tradition like so many churches in other countries, Catholic churches in other countries. And Pope Leo predicted that if we did not work on the contemplative virtues, if we did not have a foundation of prayer, in the church in America, the church in America would eventually fall apart. 
The hospitals, Catholic hospitals, would no longer be there. Doesn't that sound familiar? The Catholic schools, the Catholic parishes would no longer be there because they weren't built on that firm foundation of prayer and a prayer life and people dedicated to prayer. And so Patrick and so many others knew this, that prayer comes first, love of God comes first. And as we know, Ireland has remained strong for many, many centuries. There's the book, How Irish Saved Civilization, How the Irish Saved Civilization. And it has a lot to do with that clinging to the faith that maintained not only faith, but culture for so very, very long, maintained knowledge, etc., because all these things became intertwined over time. Now, nowadays, the Irish people, there's many, many good Irish people, and there's a lot going on in Ireland that St. Patrick would not be happy about, accepting uh, all sorts of laws now that are very anti-Christian and and a lot of people having turned away from their faith. But then again, this is everywhere in the world. But Ireland did retain the faith for a very, very long time, and they still do to some degree, to a large degree. And so we pray for the people of Ireland. I have some very good friends that live in Ireland, and uh, they're very inspiring to me. And uh, we try to inspire each other in our faith. But yes, St. Patrick lived this golden rule. He put God first and foremost above all things in terms of how he lived his life, in terms of what he wanted to do uh, with the people of Ireland, bring them to God, bring them to the Trinity, the shamrock being a representation of that. Why is it that when I say shamrock, I think of shamrock shakes, uh, which is just one of the highlights of this time of the year, going to McDonald's and getting one of those. Anyway, I'm not advertising for McDonald's. It just happened to go through my head. Uh, but St. Patrick loved God above all things, and like I said, he founded places where God would be focused upon. This is the reason for his success. This is the reason for any miracles. St. Patrick loved himself. I mean, why else would you escape from slavery? He could have had a slavish mentality that said, well, you know what? I'm just supposed to serve these people and that's it. Who cares about me? And he could have just stayed there and could have just accomplished nothing. But no, he got his life in order. He escaped. He did his own training, his own prayer. He established himself as the person he wanted to be. And then from a point of view of strength, he went back to the Irish people and then spent the rest of his life in charity, in so much sacrifice, pouring himself out for the good of these others, so much so that, as we were saying, the Irish have done so much good over the centuries. The Irish have been so strong in their faith over the centuries. And so we thank the Lord today for St. Patrick for the good Irish people, my mother being one of them. We visited Ireland a couple years ago, and it was a great experience, just the beauty of the country and uh, just the charity, the kindness of the people. Although I wanted to experience just what it's like to be among Irish people, but everywhere we went, the hotels, etc., the businesses kept sending us to other businesses. I wanted to just experience an Irish pub, so they... So many people said, oh, you got to check out this one place. I go over there, and it was American music. They had country dancers. They had Spanish dancers. Like, I wanted to experience Ireland. They said, oh, but this is the best place. No, it's not. This is a tourist trap. Anyway, I will get a chance to go back to Ireland and visit. But I pray for all of you that... Through the intercession of St. Patrick, you may come to know more and more deeply the Lord, 
who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that through the intercession of Our Lady, you yourself will grow in your faith, that all of us will grow in our faith, realize the importance of prayer, the importance of the sacraments, and that all of us also will grow, just like St. Patrick did, in a spirit of forgiveness of those that have harmed us and uh, dedication to helping our neighbor insofar as we live the golden rule and we love God above all things and love our neighbor as ourselves. God bless you all.